Welcome to Every Part, a division of Sharing Bread Ministries, highlighting different parts of the body of Christ in work, culture, and personality. Hosted by Kaylee Yo and me, Betsy Eldridge. Today we interviewed Kelly Brown, and she was such a delight to interview. She has so many things going on, and she had such a good story to tell about how she really just uh, was faithful in the waiting. And she has so many things from writing to podcasts to Bible studies to adoptions. And just really the part I liked the most was how she just she really showed what it's like to step into your purpose. Take a listen. How's your morning been? It's been good. Hey. Anything fun and interesting going on? No, just got the kids out the door, and I was like, okay, <laughs> ready for this. God. So, what grade are your kiddos in? They are fifth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, and then Caroline's a senior at Belmont. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. two high school. Yeah, well, Grace's um, eighth grade, and then Carter's ninth grade. Yeah, and then Caroline's a senior in college. Oh, senior yes. in college. Sorry. Yeah. I thought I was like, wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how college and navigating those waters. I mean, was it, is it just? It's, it's been fine. It's just, I, I feel like she's kind of gotten gypped a little bit with COVID. Like it started yeah. freshman year. Yeah. And oh. then like all sophomore year was virtual. And then even the beginning of last year. So I feel like she hadn't really gotten the full college experience yeah but it's okay i mean she's still enjoying it and loves nashville and so she's good did she do the virtual year from home or did she do it from home she did it from nashville nice because her thought was at least she could be in an apartment with her friends yes which is huge yeah (sighs) well can you tell us a little bit about your family so you have four kids yes i have four kids and uh two are adopted from china two are biological so uh, we have Carter, who likes to say he was first in the family. <laughs> he was born, you know, first. He was our yeah. first biological child. And then when he was, let's see, he was two and a half, we went to China and adopted Grace, who was 16 months at the time. And then not even a year later, we went back to China and adopted Caroline, the one who's now at Belmont at college. She was 12 at the time. Yes. And then we were home for three months, and I got pregnant with Marin, our youngest. (laughs) So we had her that next summer. So we actually added Grace, Caroline, and Marin, three kids in two years. Wow. That is amazing. I cannot (laughs) imagine how crazy that would have been. What was the most trying part about all of that? I mean, I think it was having Caroline in middle school and then a baby and then later a toddler and trying to, like, juggle Marin in the bleachers while Caroline's cheering, you know, like, just trying to juggle those two ages, like, that gap. But, um, but yeah, we survived. Well, had adoption always been on your heart? Or what was what brought you all to China in the first place? Yeah, so I, I guess I got interested in adoption when I went to Romania on a mission trip and we went to some orphanages. And while we were there, they were actually closing um, Romania to adoption like outside. So I thought, well, what's the next country that I feel called to? And that was China. Um, Because at the time my perception was, and I guess this is still true, if you live in America and you want to adopt domestically, usually it's for, you know, people who have fertility issues that can't adopt and so in my mind I was like well I can go you know bring in a child from another country that probably won't be adopted and so I was always interested um, but it took Scott and I a while to get on the same page Um, you know he and we always thought we would we wanted four kids and I thought we would 
have three kids and adopt our fourth. That, that was like, you think you can plan these things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Oh. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, I had a timetable. Like every two years, <laughs> we'll have a baby yeah. And um, ended up having multiple miscarriages. And so we ended up doing it kind of out of order. I mean, we had Car- we had a couple miscarriages. Then we had Carter. Had a couple more miscarriages. Decided maybe we would pursue adoption at that point. Um, and then had another miscarriage. And then um, Caroline was being advocated for because she was 12. And a lot of, you know, people don't adopt. Really, any child over the age of five is considered an older child, and their chances of being adopted go down drastically, like once they get past five. And so um, we brought home Caroline, and I remember praying, like, Lord, I I have baby fever, but I know I need to wait. Like, I can't, you know? (laughs) And so I always laugh. That's the first time that God's timing was ever ahead of mine, you know, because he surprised me. And um, not only did we get pregnant, but, like, you know, the pregnancy was sustained. And so... Um, so it's just neat to look back and see kind of how God, you know, built our family. And yes, adoption was always on my heart, but didn't never thought we would adopt an older child. Never, you know, thought it would happen. It would play out the way that it did. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's incredible. I, I love that. I mean, it's just so God like that you would bring home a baby yes. and then be pregnant. I mean, <laughs> like, I know. Oh, that sounds about right. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Was it hard for Caroline adjusting to y'all's family being 12 and like dealing with all of the emotions mm-hmm. of a 12-year-old coming in being yeah. adopted? Yeah, because what's hard is at 12, usually girls are trying to spread their wings and figure out who they are and kind of branch out. And here I was trying to bond with her, you know, and she's trying to be, you know, her own person. And um, so, yeah, it was hard. And she just had a lot of adjustments. Like, I mean, she had didn't have any English. Um, she had to adjust to new food. Food was a big thing for her. Um, you know, fashion, um, school was different. Like, everything was different. And so um, I would say probably language was the biggest challenge. And we use Google Translate <laughs> or an electronic <laughs> translator. Yeah. Like, if we were out and about for, for, like, months. And I remember telling my husband, like, I just want to have a conversation where I can look her in the eyes and she can hear my tone. But it was always looking at a computer and, you know. Yeah. And it didn't always translate accurately because sometimes we would, she would look confused and we would hit the translate. So we'd go back from Mandarin to English and it would not have translated it. Correctly. The, correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's not so, what I meant to say. Yeah. This is not what I was meaning. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Uh-uh. Oh, I cannot imagine how crazy that would be. She has to be really smart to be able to learn a language at 12 to be fluent in she English. Is. She has uh, done so well and is still speaking Mandarin. And so she's actually majoring in international business because um, she has kept up her Mandarin. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, ministering to a little heart like that, I, I can't imagine. I mean, like over Google Translate. I mean, what yeah. an amazing mom you are because like well, you you have to like nurture this baby and like parent them and do it all in a different language. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the patience that you must have is must be well, huge you like got, you gotta walk this through because I always look back and I'm like gosh would I do it again and but I mean God just totally I mean he kind of took away our fear and um just yeah walked us through it yeah well you said it took your husband maybe a second to get on board what, mm-hmm. were there big struggles I mean I feel like the story you paint so inspiring yeah, yeah, gosh, like everybody's gonna do go that um, but what was it like like what did God teach you during the hard times I mean during surely times, that was after bringing just, home Caroline and, yes, and, and having all those yeah. babies yeah. Well, one of the hardest things, and you have to read um, like different parenting books and adoption books before you adopt, like the agency Lifeline has okay. you do that mm-hmm. because you have to approach parenting with um, it's just a whole different approach. Okay. So even disciplining um, kids like they're, 
can be um, trauma involved. There can be like attachment disorders. And so, you know, I, I couldn't just put Grace and time out in another room and leave the room. Yeah. Like okay. that would spark fears of abandonment. You know, like sure. even when they're little, sure. like she was 16 mm. months, they have like subconscious, mm. you know, things going yeah. on. And so just having to approach parenting and discipline differently with Grace than I did with Carter, and they were 10 months apart. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, it was, yeah. yeah, that was a challenge. Yeah. Uh, and then with Caroline, yeah, I mean, just getting her to break down her wall, let down her walls and um, and really trust us and um, her her way of dealing with things was just to kind of like shove it all down and act like everything was okay or kind of go hide in her room. Mm-hmm. And it took, I mean, it took, gosh, I mean, it was probably like six years until I ever saw her cry. Wow. Because, I mean, if you can imagine like to survive mm-hmm. um, in an orphanage and she was in a foster family for a while, but you have to be tough. And yeah. so she didn't cry, or at least not in front of us. I mean, it was years before we ever saw her cry. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, you just for, don't realize um, it's amazing. I mean, I, I I can't wrap my head fully around what she went through. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, like you see it or you hear about people who adopt, and mm-hmm. I don't really think about the the child's life before you got them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how much you have to do to help that, to yeah. grow that, to nurture that. You have to be patient. Like even if yeah. like they're kind of rejecting you at first or whatever, like you just kind of have to keep loving them, like actively loving them and building that trust. It's such a picture of the Lord, too. You know, like, wait, yeah. we're, you know, like he says, we're adopted yeah. into his family, and you get such a pretty picture of that of going, mm-hmm. we're not always going to be willing to let them in, let him yeah, in, you know, right. just yeah. kind of see the parallels there, yeah. um, how he keeps pursuing us. Mm-hmm. So that's really mm-hmm. great that you get to see that in your family. And you get well, to flesh that out for your kids, mm-hmm. you know, showing God's love to them. Like, this is yeah. how God's going to love you. I mean, right. it, I mean, mm-hmm. does yeah. she do, they, but do all four of your children have a relationship with the Lord? Yeah, they do, which is an incredible blessing like I remember worrying about that early on like what if you know my kids are grown and I'm still praying for them you know for their salvation and like I know that just because they know the Lord that they've accepted Christ as their Savior that they're still gonna sin they're still gonna you know (laughs) encounter trouble and they could go off path a little bit but just knowing that that they recognize the Lord as their Savior has just been a huge comfort and like a huge blessing Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Did you grow up in a Christian home, or um, I actually did not. So okay. um, I um, grew up in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and my parents are from Mobile, um, so they had grown up, you know, in Alabama in the Bible Belt, um, but they didn't really understand like a personal relationship with the Lord. And so I, we moved to New Jersey when I was 13 months old. Um, it's predominantly Catholic community where mm-hmm. we were. Um, and so we actually attended a, an Episcopal church, um, which is, you know, there's a lot of liturgy and um, tradition. And um, and we we went every Sunday. I was like an acolyte. I was involved. And um, we would go to like the church dinners. But there was no, like I had no idea about a personal relationship with the Lord. So it wasn't until we moved to Atlanta my junior year. And uh, a guy shared his testimony with me. That I, and I thought at first, I thought, oh, he, he must be like special, like he's wow. anointed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really didn't understand that, that a relationship with the Lord was available to everyone. Yeah. Um, so it took a few weeks and, and it was just neat. I remember like he shared his testimony and I was hostessing at a restaurant. It was that summer before my senior year of high school. 
and I got to the restaurant because I remember thinking, I don't know anyone else like him. Uh-huh. Got to the restaurant and the other hostess uh-huh. was all nervous and jittery. It was because she knew the Lord was telling her to share her testimony. So no. here I was saying, well, I don't know anyone else like yeah. this. And God was like, okay, well, let me introduce you. <laughs> you know, and so Aww. that night she shared her testimony with me. And it was about two weeks later that I accepted the Lord. And then my sister accepted Jesus a few years later. And then my parents after that. So, oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> I mean, even I think just even seeing young people be able when mm-hmm. you said your the other hostess was so willing to share her testimony, you know, mm-hmm. you think I feel like sometimes you think that it's going to be so hard to share your faith or that won't really change anything, and right. then just just see mm-hmm. two people at different times in your life stepping out, yeah. right? You know, God yeah. orchestrated it, but. Yeah. changed you. I know, that and if so they cool. hadn't have said something, uh-huh. you know, who knows what would, I mean, I know I God know. could have used somebody else, yeah. but, but now you'll forever remember that God used them, right? and maybe right. it would embolden you to do the same for somebody else. Yeah, yeah. and the timing of it. I mean, I, right. I was so impressed that that afternoon I had said, well, I don't really know anyone else right. like that, and then it was that very <laughs> night, you know, right. so I mean, so she could have put it off and waited another, exactly. you know, two weeks to share, and it still would have impacted me, but the timing of it is what made me feel like, oh, there, God is trying to tell me something. I hear you, you loud know? and clear, yes, so, definitely. Yeah. Sometimes, sharing your faith can be intimidating, but genuine questions, genuine questions, can lead to gospel conversations. In Matthew, Jesus enters Caesarea Philippi and asks his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Jesus then asked, what about you? Who do you say that I am? Jesus used questions throughout scripture to uncover the heart of man concerning himself, and we can too. I love asking people, what do you think about Jesus? It helps open the conversation to share my faith that Jesus loved me so much that he saved me from my sin and shame through his life, death, and resurrection. And now I walk in the love of God with assurance that one day I will live with him. Just as Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? You can ask those you meet, what do you think about Jesus? And use this question to share your faith. To hear a complete presentation of the gospel, visit sharing-bread.com. Okay, so I love that you knew about Christ in kind of more of a traditional way, but then you finally found him as your own Lord and Savior at that age. Mm-hmm. What did you end up doing after that, or what did you feel called to do? Did it change just your trajectory of what you were passionate about at that oh, time? It, it definitely did. Um, you know, I had always loved to write. Um, and, but I don't think at the time I, I knew I wanted to do anything with writing. Uh, so I ended up going to Auburn that next fall. And um, God was real faithful to get me plugged into some ministries and a Bible study. I had um, a woman who was training me or equipping me to like have a quiet time and learn mm-hmm. how to pray and all those things. Like as a baby believer, you don't really know how to yeah, do yet. Yeah. And, um, and so um, at Auburn, I started feeling like in my early 20s, a calling to write Bible studies. Okay. And um, and so, you know, it took decades, a few decades until that actually, you know, began. But it's just mm-hmm. neat to look back and, and realize like, oh, I did hear God's calling. You know, it didn't, yeah. it wasn't the timetable that I thought it was supposed to happen in, but mm-hmm. he definitely, he was 
preparing me and training me and equipping me like that whole time. Yeah, Is that something you've done now? Have you written Bible studies? Yeah, so starting a few years ago, I started writing for First Five, for the First Five Bible app. Yes, I love that With Proverbs 31 Ministries. And so I write like daily lessons for them. And then I guess a little over a year ago, they asked if I would write one of their study guides. So they print and publish um, the guides that go a little bit more in depth. Mm -hmm. um, And you can use them along with the first five Bible app, or you can just go through the study, you know, on your own. Um, So I did one on Romans. Well, actually, I guess I contributed to one for Exodus, um, where they had a team of writers, and then I I did the study on Romans. uh, And then I did, uh, worked with one other writer to do numbers. Um, So that study actually starts in the app next week. And then now I'm working on Job, because I thought nothing could be harder than Romans. (laughs) And then I got got Job. (laughs) Oh, I love Job. It's one of my my favorite books (laughs) of the Bible. I don't know why, because sometimes I just feel like him. Like anybody, like I think we can all relate to his pain and Mm -hmm. crying out to God, just, oh, Lord, this is horrible. I hate this. It's real. It's very real. It's very real. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's easy um, to kind of, put stuff aside when you have kids is that kind of what I'm hearing they mm-hmm. this is a desire God put in your heart yes. in college but now yeah you had to wait and right. I feel like that's not always easy what did that yeah. look like did you ever stop thinking about it were you able to do things along the way mm-hmm. yeah I mean I definitely it, it's kind of funny that the detour that yeah, I went on yeah. so I majored in radio television and film oh, uh, wow. and then decided I didn't know if I wanted to do reporting um, or producing so I stayed at Auburn got a master's in communication and did like public relations and some marketing and event planning and then I knew I wanted to go to seminary but my parents were like you have got to get a job like you've been in school for (laughs) six years now yes and so um, when Scott and I got married um, he was like now's a great time for you you know to go ahead and pursue seminary and I guess I felt too that if I was going to write bible studies like I wanted to have that training and background and be equipped for that Mm -hmm. and so I got a master of theological studies and actually graduated two weeks before Carter was born. Oh, wow. Wow. So I I squeezed it in there. And so, but here I was, like, I finished seminary, and I was like, okay, I'm ready, you know, and had done a little bit of writing and and, um, had, uh, like, a devotion um, published in the upper room and and was doing a little bit of writing here and there. But, yeah, motherhood is a big job. It's a big role. And, I mean, I probably struggled with it my first couple of years because I had one friend that was – going off to California for a writing conference. Oh, and I yeah. thought, well, at that point, we had brought Grace home. And you can't, you usually can't leave an adopted child for at least like a year. Oh, yeah. You know, like it's just not, you really want to build that bond. And mm-hmm. Grace is very, very attached to me. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't just leave and go to a writing conference. And I took on um, a little part-time job helping an author edit a book and was really struggling to find time you know if one kid was napping the other one wouldn't mm-hmm. you know and you just have such limited time and and I was discouraged I yeah. was thinking you know why would God give me this desire to write and then like not provide the time for it but yeah. what I, I can see now looking back is that I mean he was totally like preparing me and I had little pockets of time you know you know during I guess like the first decade of of being a mom where Mm -hmm. he was teaching me lessons and and giving me little opportunities to write. But I mean, looking back, like I didn't have the capacity or the time to write a Bible study then. And Mm -hmm. and some women do. It just depends that that was not how I was, you know, created or, you know, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's just a perfect timing for everything. Yeah. And, And now I can see, you know, the Lord was still training me up all along the way. Yeah. It's so huge to not 
I mean, waiting is so hard. Mm-hmm. And especially when you feel like God's called you into something. And yeah. then it's like, no, wait. <laughs> like, But you have this desire. And yeah. It's like, no, 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 but wait. But yeah. I mean, he is working so many awesome things in that wait. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, sometimes when we try to rush through it, we miss a lot of the gold that he's building up in us. Like, yeah. and, and the treasure that he's... Um, making us into i mean you know like hiding his word in our heart and and there's just there's mountaintops and then there's valleys and i feel like um sometimes even though it's a it can be a mountaintop like because you have all of these babies around you and Uh you're so happy and you're getting to do that but it's also a valley in another area of like you know feeling like well i'm called to more than this this right well i just realized there's like seasons to use your gifts and we all i mean usually we have more than one gift you know so there's Mm -hmm. different times so even looking back, like the my work in communication and event planning and marketing, like I've used that experience and those skills in my role at the church as director of women's ministry. And here I was when I stepped into that role thinking, well, I know, Lord, you call me to this, but aren't I supposed to be writing, you know? Yeah. But then like being in ministry helps me be connected to what women are going through, which then informs my writing, you know? Yes. So, but there's, there's this different there's different gifts that we all have and there's different seasons and Mm -hmm. a lot of times those gifts complement each other and so it's not that god is like putting us on hold or like trying to divert us or get us off track he's he's kind of placing us and getting us into position yeah in all these different ways to use different gifts in different seasons yeah reminds me of david in the bible how like god prepared him first by being Mm -hmm. the shepherd and then like then he fought goliath because he wasn't afraid of all the things that he had fought you know like he just he prepares us all along the way yeah. I mean, you know, and when we try to rush past it, we miss those preparing. Right. Like I mean, Moses, like he spent 40 years <laughs> in the <laughs> desert, like after God called him and God was training him up at 40, I mean, 40 years. 40 years is a long yeah, time. Yeah, but it shows that all of that, you know, training and experience and depending on God is like crucial. Right. <laughs> crucial. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Uh-huh. But I mean, that's not the glamorous part. You know, yeah, we yeah, want uh-huh. the, yeah. the pat on the back and yeah. the publish. Or that's where yeah. our, like, our culture thinks, like, you get out of college and you go pursue that dream job and you succeed right away. And that's usually yes. not how it works. And I think that's why so many people are disillusioned is they think yes. that you're supposed to, like, you know, succeed right away or get your dream job right away. And there's no sense of working toward it or, you know, letting the, the hard times or the low times build you and train you and form you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, I think in the Bible, like, of these big characters that have done huge things, mm-hmm. like, it's one moment of, like, 40 years. Of, I mean, you know, yeah. it's not a lot. I mean, like, we're seeing one little glimpse of, like, a lot of lives don't have, like, every day isn't this huge, like, aha. Right. <laughs> you right. know, it's a yeah. lot of, like, digging in the dirt for the ahas. Or, right. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. Well, how do you feel like you're able to – I like that you're saying I had this and I can see where God's using it. I mm-hmm. did communications and now I'm using it um, mm-hmm. in leading women's ministry. Do you have core values or a vision or is there something you kind of line up in your life that you know what to say no to and what to do? Is there anything? Like, um, like I feel like you have a good plan. I feel yeah. like you yeah. just kind of, you're like, I've always had this on my heart. I kind of know what I'm doing. Do you have core values that? You kind of stick to the yeah yeah and sense. and it's funny because Lisa Turkhurst's book The Best Yes really oh, I helped love me that book. because yes. it is like I do I, I can't be a people pleaser you know so uh-huh. I, it's like if someone's needing help and no one's stepping in I'm you know I'm like oh I'll do it or yeah. it's easy for me to say yes to everything and so I've learned over time that like my family is is my top priority okay other than God and so a lot of times I have to ask myself like is this something that God's calling me to do and is this gonna 
be like a benefit or a blessing to my family or is this going to like hurt my family? And so if I realize that I don't really have the time in a certain season to do something um, or if I say yes to to something or a responsibility or, you know, opportunity that it's going to compromise the time or even the emotional you know, mm-hmm. patience and capacity I have for yes. my kids, then I realize, like, you know, I'm going to have to say no. Yeah. Um. So definitely just trying to figure out this is this is a short season when the kids are home. Like, I'm realizing that mm-hmm. just with Caroline being about to graduate college and right. Carter being a freshman in high school, I just realize it's going by so quickly. And so I definitely just try to make sure that my family um, is my priority and I take that into account because every time, I think Lisa Turkher said this, every time you say yes to something, you're also saying no to something else. So. Right. Mm-hmm. It might look like a great opportunity in that you say yes to it. You could be saying no to your husband. You could be right. saying no to time with your kids. And so just trying to be aware of that. Yeah, that's a great filter. That's kind of yeah. what I was asking is just how do you even know when you have, mm-hmm. you know, so many opportunities to do, do different things, yeah, right. but then also what's the most important. And I think it's probably different in different mm-hmm. seasons, like you're yeah. saying too. And I regularly have to assess, like, what do I need to take off my plate? And uh-huh. I feel like, yeah. you know, I'll take all these things off. And then over time, you know, you start adding things adding back on. on and, <laughs> and I have to go through the same exercise and assessing yeah. and praying through it all. Yeah. It's so hard because time is the only um, – it's not an asset, but it's, you have such a limited amount mm-hmm. of it. You, don't ha- you have a limited amount, and you can only do that much. Mm-hmm. And you don't get more time. You can get more money. You can get more, right. but you cannot ever get more time. Yeah. And Tim, our pastor, was talking mm-hmm. one time about budgeting, um, budgeting for time, like giving more time mm-hmm. for things to come up. Because yeah. sometimes I like max out my time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do all of this in one yes. day, and then like something else, and it just takes me over the top. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like, I, and because I didn't budget, I didn't have a Margin, yes, I've budgeted. Started trying to build margin into my my week, even like yeah. leaving pockets of time where okay, the kids need to talk, or you know, if I need to, you know, check on a neighbor or something like that. Like it's just so easy to let to fill up all the hours. Yes, you know, and of course, I always underestimate like how <laughs> long things do. are going to take, <laughs> and then I'm really stressed. So just building a margin like for everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's hard to do because you're like, oh, but I could I could do this if I just right. you know I'm sure I can do this if I you know squeeze this yeah. little short and then I can do this. Yeah, mm-hmm. margin is very important. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to live yep. with margin in your life. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's where God loves to work. Mm-hmm. You know, when I give him that free space, yeah, um, I feel like he'll find something really cool to put in there. I'm like, oh, thank yeah. you, Lord. Yes. Where did this yeah. go from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are some of your favorite core scriptures? Oh, gosh. So I definitely love um, Zephaniah 317. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think it's just because it, it taught me a lot about just how the Lord views us, mm-hmm. you know, that, that he's mighty to save and he takes great delight in us. And he, you know, rejoices mm-hmm. over us with singing and wants to quiet us with his love. Like just this idea of like a our heavenly father um, just really loving and rejoicing at the delight he takes in us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love Acts 20, 24, um, when Paul's talking about like this, the mission that God had given him to testify to the um, gospel of God's grace. And he mm-hmm. says, I consider my life worth nothing to me you know, unless I, you know, complete this tax task that God has given me. And it helped me realize that like we all have I mean, we all are called to testify to, to the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, of God's grace. But we also each have certain tasks that God has given us. And, and that's in Ephesians two ten also when it says like that God has works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. Like yeah. there's unique um, tasks and assignments that God has created for each of us. 
And so I try to make sure that I am, you know, doing what he's called me to do. So I'm not being lazy or insecure, like letting things stop me that are mm -hmm. part of my flesh, but also that I'm not just saying yes to anything and everything. And I'd gone to this leadership conference and they were talking about the importance of staying in your lane. Mm -hmm. And and it's really easy yes. too to be like, oh, well, what they're doing looks really cool. Or, or even in writing, like, oh, she's already writing a book. Well, wait, is God calling me to write a book right now? Mm -hmm. No, you yes. know. So like learning to stay in our lane and be faithful with the work that God has called us to do. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I heard a lady say that too, talking about staying, like tend your own like row of, of crops or whatever. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, that's so true. Like I do need to just worry about my own thing. Yeah. And like keep my yeah. eyes focused on that because it's so easy to look at everybody mm -hmm. else's spiritual gifting or what they get to do. And you're like, yes. oh, wow, that seems amazing. Yeah, or measuring mm -hmm. your success against someone else's like timetable. Yeah, you know? like it's just... God That's doesn't true. doesn't measure our faithfulness or success by like how quickly we do something unless it's obedience, you know, but yes. it's not like a race to see who can accomplish the most the fastest. Right. The reason we call this podcast Every Part is because the Bible says that we are all part of God's body. And that's so important to remember. And it's so fun for me to get to hear different people's parts in the body of Christ. And this is what the Bible says about it. Uh, it says, now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the food, if the foot should, should, should say, because I am not a hand, I, I not. For the reason did not belong to the body, it the body. It would not for the reason crescent cease. cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say because I am not an eye I do not believe be belong to the body. It would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. They were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. because I have four kids too and it's yeah. so hard yeah. for me to be aware of everybody's giftings and I kind of like when they're all little you kind of clump them all together uh -huh. I guess you can't do this as much as I do because mm -hmm. I've clumped them all together I'm like oh you're all kind of one entity yeah, um, yeah. and but looking at their individual giftings and where God's called them to do mm -hmm. have you had has that been something in 
raising kids that has been easy for you or hard for you or what have you noticed? Yeah, I mean, it, that's been something in the last few years that I focused more on. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, when I talked about the different approaches to discipline and parenting early on, like I feel like in those early stages, I was kind of aware of the differences in their personalities and their gifts. And then I, there was kind of this big gap of time where I did, I just kind of clumped them all together. Yeah. And so now I'm trying to focus again on like, well, who are, you know, is each one individually? How has God created them? I mean, everything from like love languages, like all of my kids receive love differently. And so just realizing that that the way I love them needs to look different. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, just taking time to figure out what their strengths are and where I need to be encouraging them. Yeah. It, it's really hard to do because mm-hmm. it takes time. Yeah, it does. You have to be really intentional. Yeah. Which is back to the whole margin and like, and what is important, um, your core values, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, okay, I'm not going to accept this mm-hmm. because I need to spend time with my daughter and figure right. out how she feels loved and what her giftings mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Yeah. I laugh that Grace feels loved. Like if the pantry is full or the refrigerator, <laughs> that's a laugh that like food is her love language. But I mean, it means that if I, you know, need to allow an extra 30 minutes to run by the store and make sure there's something that she want to eat you uh-huh. know that that even something as simple as that that actually take the time to do that yeah it just sounds like you're really intentional and then getting to know them and pouring into them did you have you mentioned back in auburn you had somebody who poured into you mm-hmm. kind of just showed you the ropes of beginning christianity mm-hmm. do you have someone now that you do that or what does your role look like who still pours into yeah me? pours into you yeah. are you more pouring out what does yeah, it look like in i mean both. Right i'm now? definitely trying to pour out but i have always almost always since I became a believer, had an older woman in my life that has kind of mentored me. Like I've always mm-hmm. just um, felt like I, not only that I needed it, but but in some ways I do. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just I appreciate the wisdom and experience that that older women have to share, and so that's been I feel like a huge um, part of my spiritual growth and my faith journey is just ha- always having someone who can kind of share with me and point me in the right direction, someone who'll call me out, you know, if I'm, you know, being prideful or selfish mm-hmm. or whatever, like, I, you know, it always hurts a little bit, but you <laughs> need that. Like, I need someone yeah. who's going to say, yeah. you know, call me out on things. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Well, it's very scary scriptural like for Mm -hmm. the older women to teach the younger women not to be lazy and to teach them scripture and to teach them to be busy at home you know like that's yeah uh, i think it's in ephesians or in titus titus Titus. 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 sorry yeah 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 and i love doing that like i love calling out gifts in younger women like i I love that now because i feel like i had a few people that did that for me and were pulling out like whether it was speaking or writing or they were giving me these opportunities to grow early on and so i have realize now like the joy I find um kind of calling out talents and gifts in some of these younger women like at the church and yeah. um, just watching them kind of blossom with their own talents which is awesome so you're getting poured into and then you're pouring into others it's mm-hmm. so encouraging I love that that's a beautiful picture I feel like you're doing a really great job of having a vision and kind of knowing where to set margins and mm-hmm. Just, I really love hearing your story, but would you mind sharing some obstacles that you've had to overcome? I know yeah. you kind of touched on miscarriages, mm-hmm. your fam- you're trying to grow your family, yeah. but what are some big obstacles that you've been through? Yeah, I mean, definitely with the miscarriages, <clears throat> um, I went through a time where, and this was like a good 10 months, and it took a counselor, Julie Sparkman, to, oh, to yeah, point it out to me. Mm-hmm. She's amazing, but she was one that would call me out on things. Um, but I realized <laughs> I was having trouble trusting the Lord at that part at that point, 
And she said, you really don't believe that God loves you. And I was like, of course I believe it. I mean, y'all had been in seminary. Yeah. But then I was like, of course I believe God loves me. God loves everyone, you know. And I was kind of mad. I was a little bit, you know, defensive. (laughs) And then I went home and realized that I didn't believe God loved me. I, Mm -hmm. I, this little lie had kind of seeped in that uh, if God really loved me, um, he would have allowed the, the twins. It was we had lost a pair of twins, um, mm-hmm. or set of twins. He would have saved the twins. Or if God really loved me, he would have done this for me. And so I was measuring his love for me by my circumstances, mm-hmm. and not just resting in the knowledge and the assurance that he loves us regardless of what's happening in our lives. And really, we can't look at like what we would call the bad things in life, you know as bad because there's a lot of times that God's using those things for good and mm-hmm. he's growing us. So like we really don't know how to measure what's going on in our lives, but I certainly have learned that I cannot look at my circumstances and measure God's love based on that. <clears throat> but that has nothing to do with it. God loves us all the time no matter what's going on. And he loves us, you know, especially in those times that are difficult and he's, you know, trying to, you know, he wants us to let him carry us through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that definitely um, was a difficult time. <clears throat> and, yeah, I mean, I think um, there was a period of time when I wanted to do more. I'd started writing for First Five and um, wanted to write a Bible study, you know, and was just kind of waiting on God's timing. And I feel like he was just saying, like, it's, it's coming, just wait, you know, just wait. But I just felt like, am I supposed to be doing anything? Do I, you know, what do I need to do? And and sure enough, it was, you know, within that year that uh, that first I've asked me to write one of the study guides, but there was a, a period of feeling really insecure. Like I started doubting, well, I really must not be a good writer. They would have asked me by now, or I must not be, you know. And, um, and so it's just so easy to doubt ourselves and mm-hmm. let like the enemy make us question, you know, what we're doing or why we're doing something or, um, whether we're any good at it. And, and sometimes it's just, it's, you know, not God's timing. And we, we don't need to question things just because it's, things aren't playing out the way we think they should. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And big picture. I mean, you're saying, you know, I feel like the little lies, like yeah. that's the thing. It's like, oh, no, I know all the truths of the Bible. I know this. This is, yeah. but then when it really comes to you, like devil's trying to sneak in and mm-hmm. say, you know, these little insecurities or little lies yeah. that, you know, you the circumstances aren't lining up, but then stepping back and seeing how he's created mm-hmm. your family through yeah. the trials yeah. and then now giving you space to be able to write when you have more margin. Yeah. It's yeah, really yeah. pretty r- good reminder for all of us, you yeah. know, to not have to sit and just to see what God's mm-hmm. doing and not yeah. sit and kind of, I feel like it's easy to get negative and down on ourselves. Right. Yeah. We're not seeing that God has a bigger plan in yeah. store. Sometimes we just have to be mm-hmm. like curious. Uh-huh. Like, okay, well, uh-huh. this isn't playing out how I thought. What is God right. doing? Yes. You know, like, let me kind of just pay attention mm-hmm. and see, like, what is he trying to show me? What's he trying to teach me? Just mm-hmm. be curious mm-hmm. about it. Yes. Yeah. When I don't want to be like um, Saul and like just because it hasn't come up that mm-hmm. day that I'm going to rush to do it, like, a way I can be very impatient like Saul yeah. was mm-hmm. instead yeah. of just waiting and having a heart like God's like David and just okay God whatever you want mm-hmm. but I, I force it and then I get all of these insecurities even worse yeah. <laughs> so it's all yeah. I'm like oh I see myself way too much in Saul and not in David yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so how would you describe your part in the body of Christ right now yeah I mean I definitely consider myself like an advocate for God's word mm-hmm. um, so awesome. through writing and then also like through my role as director of women's ministry at the church like we're always finding ways to bring 
the word alive to our women, like to get them real curious about Bible study. And um, and then also just I've really been trying to encourage people to use their gifts. And um, I think it's easy for us to, to let insecurity or fear get in the way mm-hmm. and um, and not obey you know those little assignments that, that God's given us, e- either because we think that it's too insignificant, like, oh, it's not really a big deal, or because we're like, whoa, I am not equipped for this, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I, we talk about this verse, I mean, this um, quote all the time that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I always go back to that. <laughs> like, he's not waiting until we're, you know, like, yes, he does train us up, but most of the time when he calls us to do something, it's not because we're just perfectly ready. You know, he yes. still wants us to right. depend on him and he's going right. to teach us and equip us along the way. So just um, through women's ministry, um, you know, trying to make sure that I'm you know, getting people excited about the word, but also encouraging them to use their gifts and to serve, you know, that we're called mm-hmm. to give back and to serve the body. And, uh, you know, if we're not doing what God's called us to do, are we depriving someone else of a blessing or a chance to know God better, you know, realizing yes. the ripple effect of our disobedience? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am learning, I mean, I, I feel like one area where I need to grow in my role as director of women's ministry is like shepherding. Like it's easy for me to like plan events and come up with the programming and what we're going to yeah. do and, you know, and coming up with the Bible studies. And I love the creative, you know, process of that. But as far as actually like um, shepherding women and checking in and talking, I mean, I joke that I really am an introvert and I'm shy. And so even though I speak and I do stuff, like it it gets really intimidating for me to walk into like a room full of women. And I love that one-on-one conversation, like going deep with someone. Uh But as far as just like walking up and introducing myself and all of that makes me so nervous. (laughs) And so just even that, like, I mean, that's something I need to do more is just kind of walking up and meeting women and getting to know them and setting aside my insecurity and just trying to, you know, to help, you know, shepherd women and make them feel comfortable, you know, at our church and at our events. Yeah. Well, I feel like people need that now, you know? I mean, you're Mm -hmm. such a sweet person. It's funny. I would not think that you're introverted at (laughs) all. I feel like you're just so encouraging already. But I I just think that people need that. Mm -hmm. Have you felt, like, when you said you're trying to find a passion for the Word for them, Mm -hmm. what have you seen? Is it... Like, how are you getting people excited about the word these yeah. days? What is your- a lot of it is getting them to, to make discoveries on their own because mm-hmm. it's great to have Bible studies that women can, can walk through. But I also love teaching women how to approach the scripture for themselves mm-hmm. yes. because it's those moments of, oh, my goodness, I just connected like this verse and this verse. And you get really excited. And when they make that personal discovery, mm-hmm. it kind of fuels that curiosity for God's word. Yeah. And so, yes, Bible study can Bible studies and books and all of that can be so helpful. But if you're always letting someone like kind of guide you and, and hold your hand along, you know, like you may not experience just the, the joy um, and the thrill of making connections on your own and right. you know just being able to piece together parts of scripture. And so, I really try to encourage women to feel confident and feel equipped to approach God's word, you yeah. know, on their own. Yeah. And then if you do need resources, you have some. How yeah. do you how do people get involved? Do you can people download First Five app and then how can they find your Bible study? Is yes. that on there? Yes. So uh, the first five app is it's free. Mm-hmm. So you can download that. Um, you can order the different um, study guides on I think it's P thirty one bookstore. So it's pro- you could go to Proverbs thirty one um, ministries website and get to it that way, or you can go to first five dot or can get to it that way. But anyway, it's the it's the p31bookstore.com that they have all the different study guides. 
okay, for different great. studies. Oh, good. That's yeah. really exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. That Thanks. is so cool. I mean, <laughs> it has to Thanks. feel so awesome. I mean, did you throw a party the first time you got it? You, published and got to yeah. deal with this. Well, yeah, but it's funny, I mean, like how like the enemy will sneak in. Like I remember sitting there and reading the first page and being like, this is terrible. Like when I got the first <laughs> copy of Romans and feeling all insecure. So it's like you're always battling the, yes. the enemy yeah. no matter what. Even yes. after you've you know, accomplish something big. The enemy's going to try to steal that joy from you. And yes. so I just I had to remind myself, like, no, I've done this for the Lord. He's going to use it regardless. Right. I'm not going to let the enemy steal the joy of, you know, of doing this work. Right. Yes. It is like putting yourself out there, and then it's like, oh, uh-huh. this is like you get it out, and you're like, oh, you're like, I'm so oh, embarrassed. This, yeah, is, this is not exactly. right. Exactly. No, no, That's no. exactly how I felt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like I live that way. Completely <laughs> insecure. Like, not yeah. a secure person at all. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for meeting yeah, with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this has been amazing. I feel like I've gleaned so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, could you just stay and talk to us for like an hour? <laughs> Coach us through life. <laughs> Coach me. I definitely need it. Thank you so Thank much. You. Yes, it's been so much fun. I really appreciate it. Wasn't that amazing? I just really yes. loved hearing her story and just the way that she's um, walked to the Lord and and really especially in the waiting. Mm-hmm. I, I, one of the things that stuck out to me the most was how she talked about that God has a task picked out for each person. And it's so easy for me to want to do something else that someone else is doing. But mm-hmm. um she really pressed into what God has planned for her, and that's all I really want for my own life is just to do what God has for me right now and not to jump ahead. Yeah, and I loved how she was talking about, like, there are seasons for your gifts, that we have more than one gift, and that God uses each gift in different seasons, which was really um, exciting for me because sometimes I feel like, well, I'm only good at being a mom of little kids, not even of big kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, I only have the changing diapers thing down. Yeah. And, but it was encouraging, like, no, no, God's given you lots of different gifts, and, like, and you get to use them in different seasons of your life. And it was just really encouraging okay. to me. And another thing that really encouraged me was just the beauty of the adoption and mm-hmm. how God adopts us like as his children. And I just, I just appreciate that she's done her part well in her family. She's very intentional with all of her kids and helping train them to do their part and noticing their parts and what they're good at. And she's really good at knowing her part and doing her part. And um, I just want to encourage all of you. God's given you a gift. And it's not just for us to have for ourselves, but for us to use it for Him. So y'all go use your gift and do your part. 